Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, Alex, and with me I have Dan. How are you, Dan? Yeah, look, I'm pretty good. Um, to come in, uh, able to come on after pick up four points in two games is uh, not too bad. Um, I'm starting to feel bad for Mike, who seems to come on after the um, we have a few runner losses. We alternate, and I, I come on, preview a couple of games that I think we go all right. We go go terrible. He comes on after the losses. Um, and I mean, he's, look, he's, he's fine. He's broken his curse. He's broken, he's broken his curse. curse is over. Curse yeah, is over. Yeah, so yeah. that's good, but. I was going to say, I, mean, I almost, I almost named the episode "The The Curse Is Broken" because I, I retweeted out this morning. I'd had the uh, the list of bad losses that we'd had after Mike had been on podcast episodes, and um, this time he's actually had our second clean sheet of the season against Millwall and our uh, win against Cardiff to review. So, uh, not a bad couple of results from him. Um, but yeah, we'll start with that Millwall game. Um, first clean sheet since Preston, I think, on the second or third weekend of the season. Um, I think I said last week that actually almost the most impressive result Rosie could get in this first game would be a nil-nil because we've had the, you know, 4-3 wins or the, you know, bad losses and things like that. And it'd actually be most impressive just to see him keep a clean sheet. So to manage it with uh, 10 men, no less, uh, is a pretty remarkable effort. Yeah, look, I think um, with in the short amount of time that he's had to work um, with the players in the lead-up to these few games, he's done sensational, sensational. And it's in, I mean, it's interesting that, like, obviously Dawson's still there as a part of the setup, but that, you know, even Rosie took over and basically said, like, the same stuff. He's looking for, you know, heart, desire, energy, effort, like just those, you know, the cliches really. Um, but I think that finally it was a game where, Things weren't going our way, um, but we were able to dig in and fight and show all of that, um, you know, that heart and effort and resilience that so many times this season we haven't shown where things have gone against us, whether that is a goal or a decision or whatever, and we've just capitulated. Um, so it was nice to see what was not necessarily the, the, the prettiest game of football to watch from a city perspective, um, but, you know, we we got the job done. We secured a point um, against the odds, really. Yeah, and at a tough place to go. I mean, we will have a great home record. Um, we saw Greaves shifted back to left back, which, I mean, is more and more starting to look like that could end up being his uh, natural position. He's having a great season at left back. Yeah, it's starting to feel like every season we unva- uh, you know, uncover a new gem at left back, um, you know, because... Elder came and we were really impressed with him and then Fleming got his chance in the team and we were really impressed with him and now Greaves has had a shot out there and we're really impressed with him at the moment too. So, um, I mean, yeah, it's a, I guess it's one of the, one of the, another one of those things where you've got, um, you know, some versatility in your, in your players where they can play in potentially a couple of different positions and I think it's just, I think it's a benefit. It's really, it's a positive for us that means that, you know, um, all of our, I mean, everyone's like fighting. Even if, you know, our left backs are injured or like one of them's injured, it doesn't mean that, you know, Fleming or Elder or is that guaranteed of a spot they're still now fighting with Greaves or Greaves is fighting to hold that left back 
position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and on the other side, Chris, you're starting to look better and better uh, game by game. I mean, it was only a couple of weeks ago against Huddersfield where we were questioning whether he could back up and play two games in a week. And he's pretty much now down that right back spot now. I mean, Coyle's came off the bench this morning um, against Cardiff, but Christie's looking really assured there. Yeah, I think um, he seems to have really settled in um, into that into that spot and into the squad and into the team. And I think um, we sort of, I think we all sort of knew that you know he had he had quality about him. And just if he could get it to, to all click and settle in, then um, he'd be fine. But I think you know his um, his his work rate, his um, you know the nous that he seems to have in the in the opposition box and at that end of the field as well. Once he once he overlaps and gets forward, that you know he's created some some goals, scored one one or two himself. Um, so he's doing uh, real good stuff. It's still that back post issue that I'm like I think it was a couple of games ago that he was caught out yeah. in the back post and then um, but I, look I think. It feels like I mean it's it's hard to say because we're so early days with Rosinha in charge, but um, you know four four points from the two games it feels like a step in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. And then we we did that against Cardiff without um, Oscar, so uh, got a red card in this game with that high boot challenge. Um, look, it, it's 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 one of those ones where it is probably a red card. It, it's a tough one because. You don't tend to see those given necessarily if it's a genuine contest for the ball with with clearly no malicious intent, which I think in this case you can say there was no intent there to to harm the player. I think you kind of see the ref go over and check on, I think it was Cresswell, um, the Leeds player on loan, who um, who got hit. He almost goes, I think he goes over to check on him just to check, did he actually make contact? Because I think that was going to make the decisive factor of, well, if he's made contact and it's a red, if he's missed, then it's just a yellow for the sort of reckless behaviour. Mm. Um, so it's probably a red in that sense. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's one of those ones where I can understand why the, the club is looking to reduce the sentence. Yeah, look, it was, it was a hard one. I, I certainly don't envy the refs. Um, who have to make decisions like that um, because I think like you, you watch the replay and both players only have eyes for the ball. There's not like mm. it's, it, you, you couldn't try and couldn't argue that there was any, you know, intent or, or malice behind it. It was just one of those really um, awkward, unfortunate ones um, from Oscar that he sort of just happened to get wrong. Um, but I mean, you look at some of the other decisions that were made on the same match day in the same league, and I think it's the same. It's the same thing we always complain as fans complain about the refs is inconsistency. Inconsistency either you know I'm up from an individual in a game or inconsistency across the league because there were similar challenges that were made elsewhere that were only given yellow cards, and we got the we got the raw deal and had Oscar yeah. sent off and slapped with a three match ban, which. You know, we've got to try and fight to overturn now. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, even Derby in the FA Cup, I think Rosinha referenced it after the game. There was a particularly bad one that was literally the same day and uh, and nothing happened. You see them in the Premier League. Um, I also find it funny because in the Premier League in particular, but I think across most leagues, is if you're, if you're basically having a shot at goal, the rules seem to go out the window and you can just do whatever you want with your, your boot, um, which... Uh, you know, it's one of those funny ones where it seems like there's a foul in a particular context rather than the actual action. But mm-hmm. look, we'll see. I think we'll probably find out the next 
four or five hours, um, where, whether that ban got reduced to one game or not. I think we were saying before the episode, though, it's look, well, I mean, actually, to be fair, looking at the fixtures, the fact that we've got Watford as the first game after the break, I would say that if we can at least get it reduced to two games um, so we can have him available for Watford would make a big difference. I'm not I'm not as particularly fussed about having him back for Reading. Um, we, we saw this morning that, you know, we're quite prolific with Longman up front, um, but it would be good to have him back after the break. Yeah, I think um, it's a... Is it, it not that there's ever really a good time to get a to, to get a three match ban or whatever? But it feels like leading into the World Cup break and then having this long um, that 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 month off um, of of league football and to have you know our injury lists with a few players are I you know supposed to be getting close to returning or returning after the World Cup break um, that you know might mean that it may not be as big of an impact as we as we think. Um, I mean, we're not really getting super regular updates on how, you know, some of these guys are going, but, you know, hopefully they're speeding along in their recovery and they're ahead of expected or something. And, you know, you could, we can see some of them be back, you know, before that Watford game or, or something because that would make things a whole lot easier because we've got so much. It's just kind of, every time I think we're going okay, I'm like, this squad's pretty good. And then I, for a second I think about all of the players that we have just sitting in the bloody medical, medical room just... Well, I mean, it's crazy when you think 16 signings and we're starting Ryan Longman up top and we only really had Tyler Smith on the bench as a striker. Mm. Um, you think we're going to get Ali back after the World Cup break for sure. Tete, who was meant to be out till the new year, looks like he's actually quite close mm. to coming back and so he might be back in the next four or five weeks as well. Um, yeah, all of a sudden, like, I mean, you just think if we went into that Watford game with Tete and um, Oscar up top, that's like such a different side to the one we've had to be using. And, you know, when, when we had Tete and Oscar up top together, that was in our, our best run of form of the season. That's when Oscar was scoring his goals as well. So it would make a huge difference to our prospects. Yeah, I think um, that, I, I mean, I hope we just keep doing what we're doing. If we can, I think if we finish off this this section of the season, we can get a good result against Reading. Um which to me is like, a, you know, without getting too far ahead in, in this, the process of this, but I feel like, you know, we should get, we should probably need to pick up another three points. And I think if, I yeah. think it's a chip, well, we're on, a, you know, building a little bit of form, sort of one of those unfortunate times where we're going to build form and then have a month off. But um, I think. It always seemed to have, like, was it the promotion league one? Season? It was one of those seasons where it seemed like every time we'd have three or four wins in a row. Yeah, there was a, get on a, a run, international was a break. break. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so I think it's a bit of a weird time, but I think that should be the goal. Pick up the, the maximum points, be on a good run, good good vibes, good feeling going into this break. A month of really hard training, working on then on the, the play style and the game style. And some of those things that we're probably going to talk about when we talk about Cardiff. Um, and the, some of those. I need um, the Jose Mourinho gif of uh, if I speak, I'm in trouble. But we. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll certainly get to it. We'll certainly get to it. Um, but hey, look, you know, also just talking about players, um, Baxter having a fantastic game against Millwall as well. Um, mm-hmm. Fingertip save in the second half. Great kind of collect of the ball in the first half after a great Millwall play as well. And, you know, doing his bit to keep the score at nil-nil. Um, probably come in for a bit of criticism lately. I think there's been a few calls for him to, to be dropped for Ingram, uh, who didn't put a whole lot, uh, whole lot of a foot wrong when he was in the side. Um, but yeah, great display from Baxter in this one. Yeah, no, he was um, he was really really impressive. Um, as you said, a couple of really good saves, really important saves to um, to keep us in it. 
Um, and I think it was just that I think that was the game where we just actually needed everyone to, we needed some of those moments to go our way because, um, you know, often enough they, they don't. But, you know, I think he's he was really impressive. And I think, to be honest, he hasn't necessarily been great lately. Um, some of his decision-making, some of the, the passing and distributions not being great. But um, I think, yeah, you thought he was really good against Millwall. And for the most part, or from what I saw of this morning's game, it was pretty good, but I only had to watch half of it. And I unfortunately had to go to work. Um, well, yeah, okay, so I'll, I'll give my votes for the Millwall game and I'll grab yours and then we'll talk about that fantastic, uh, exciting card of display. Um, yeah, I gave the three votes to Baxter. I thought he was um, outstanding in defence, keeping the, the score at nil-nil um, with those saves, as mentioned. Gave the two votes to Greaves. I think that move back to left-back, he's really making a case for that being sort of his natural position going forward. Um, we'll talk in a bit about that cross for the uh, opening goal this morning as well, which was absolutely brilliant from that left-hand side. And then I've given the one vote to Figueredo, who, uh, look, we'll talk in a second about how he didn't put in such a good display against Cardiff. But I thought, from, from what I saw of this game anyway, I thought this was basically his um, best display of the season. So I thought I'd give him the one vote for recognising that. Yeah, look, I sort of 100% agree with the three and the two. And the I honestly, it was one of those games where I feel like we always do. We either have no one or we've got everyone. For a point, and I'm like, I can't really find. It's hard to pick out, you know, a, a player who deserved, like, like, a, who didn't deserve to at least get some sort of recognition. Um, and in the most cop out way I can think to do it, I'll just agree with you and go with Figueroa. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, well, we'll talk the Cardiff game now. And uh, as I said before, I think if I if I speak on certain topics in this game, I'll be in trouble. But I do want to sort of start this uh, discussion off by, I guess, clarifying or discussing what we're going to talk about in terms of the style of play. Because I think, to be fair, I mean, it was a question put to Rosenia as well by Burnsy. I think there was um, some good questions and, and great answers as well from, from Rosenia on the topic of, you know, Playing out, playing out from the back as opposed to playing around the back, which is sort of the point I wanted to make now, is I felt like, especially in the first half, the times when we played around the back, so meaning passing to a defender, back to the keeper, back to a defender, back to the keeper, was when we got ourselves, we played ourselves into trouble. And I think there's a, there's a point in that where you do have to just go stuff it. I'm just going to look for a line or I'm going to look for a winger to try and like get the ball up the field and out of danger because you can't concede a goal if the ball goes out for a throw in on the halfway line. But you can concede a goal if you're dawdling on the ball in your box and the, the, and the attacker nips in and pinches the ball off you, which is exactly how the second half started. And that was... I, I sent out a tweet, which I thought was quite a quite a mild or an uncontroversial opinion, but it seemed to sort of blow up on me to say that the fact that we did that so repeatedly in the first half and then did it immediately to start the second half to concede the goal was the frustration. Because I can imagine that Cardiff manager would have said, they're going to sit on the ball, we've got to press them, we've got to pressure them, we're going to turn the ball over, we're going to get a goal. And this is exactly what we did. And I just sort of hoped that we might have actually sat there and gone, lads, like you know, find an option. If you don't have an option, you've got to get rid. Like, don't just get caught on the ball because we got caught too many times. Um, mm. So it's just a bit frustrating. But playing out from the back, fantastic. We got our first goal. Oh, sorry, we got our second goal from a brilliant bit of play up the field. Uh, we looked really attacking and exciting when we were playing it out to the fullbacks and now pushing the ball up the field. Great. I just, the, the playing around the back, playing back and forth between the players is 
what I didn't really like. Yeah, I think um, it's that idea of like, you know, the possession for possession's sake. Possession doesn't mean anything unless you're doing something with it. And it's certainly like it's almost the whole other extreme. It's working against you if you're like keeping it in and like keeping it poorly or like in poor positions. Because in that first half, um, there were, I mean, there were some great passages of play out of the back where we played it out and we were direct and we looked forward and we played forward. But there were, like, I the first 90 seconds, there was, I think, three opportunities where we almost gave the ball away to um, to Cardiff. And I think, honestly, in that first half, we're lucky that Cardiff fluffed their lines as many times as they did because they, you know, almost nicked the ball. They got, I think what their striker received, they, they pinched it in midfield, played it into Nkunku, someone, who was it? In that, like near the penalty spot, and he like stuffed his first touch, and that allowed us to 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 clear it away. Like that, we we invited a lot of unnecessary pressure. And I think that's the point you're trying to make is that like there's there's it's all good to have the style of play, and we you know Brazilian wants to hold possession, he wants to play it out from the back, is what he said. But that is not the same as just playing it back and forth across the back line, you know, inviting pressure and pressure like that that idea of playing it out from the back and holding it at the back is, yes, is to invite the other team forwards to create more space. But and you when want that to space it. appears, you sh- should then be playing the ball into that space because that's but, the whole yeah. purpose of getting the strikers that's to right. forward. That's right. And like Rosania said, like you want to tie them out, you want to get them chasing the ball, and and that's great. And and as you said, there were times in the first half and through the game where we looked great, where we were passing the ball around them, um, great first touches, great passing. That was all fine. It's and it was, you know, I've just praised him, but I think it was a lot of the time Figueredo who was playing us into trouble, where he'd either hold the ball too long looking for an option and then not finding one and either losing possession, or he'd pass the ball to a fullback whilst they had an opposition player standing right on their back and that would turn over the ball as well. And so it's it's absolutely not a criticism of the style of play. I think, I mean, as Rosemi said, I think he's had three sessions with them and it's amazing to see the the result already um, is looking great. It was literally just a comment on, you know, not dawdling on the ball and inviting that sort of turnover, which mm. did happen a number of times in the first half. But look... You know, we'll draw a line on that. We'll talk positives. It was a fantastic result. We did win 3-2. We should we should focus on the positives in this one, starting with a fantastic ball from Greaves for the first goal. Yeah, look, um, I think it, I know in the chat we were all pretty – once that, once that ball got whipped in, we were all pretty excited. Um, and then at first, like, as a, I think it went past Longman and he sort of didn't quite get there. For a half a second, I was like, oh, bugger. And then Pelkis arrived just and just cut, cool and calm slotted in. And I think – He's been, I think I said a couple of weeks ago when I was on, I was like, he's got to get a goal soon. He's been so busy trying so hard and doing like all everything right except like just not having the composure on the final touch. And I think he sort of, you know, I think he nailed this one. Yeah, yeah. And look, I think he had a terrific game and he's, he's emerging as almost the most exciting player in the site in terms of the most dynamic where he had another passage where I think he he took the ball forward, he carried the ball forward, and it looked like he was running himself into trouble. And he just kind of slotted this nice, neat sideways pass to Doherty running through to give him a shot at goal, where I just didn't even see that run from Doherty coming. And, and he's just got that vision and that awareness of the players around him where he, I've, I think I said it last week, I mean, he's someone that you feel like he's always trying to make something happen. Like he's always mm-hmm. got that positive front foot like approach to his style of play. Yeah, I think like... 
we have lots of, I think it's something that we've, we've talked about. Oh, I think I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Is this like the idea of balance? You know, we've got, yeah. we've got so many, we actually have quite a few of those players who have great vision and great touch and great skills, but we were sort of overloading that, um, you know, the midfield and the forward and the front line earlier in the season. Um, but I feel like we've sort of got the balance right now with, with Pelkis um, as the main sort of like creative outlet who's sitting in behind, um, well, it's long at the moment, but sitting in sort of behind the striker and just getting busy and going, getting into the channels and creating havoc and, you know, um, whereas, and I like, I do like to, don't get me wrong, but I feel like he doesn't do that part as well. Doesn't I don't think he gets around as well and as much as, as Pelkes does, but um, it sort of seems to work with with Pelkes starting and you know two fans sometimes like coming on later. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, Pelkes has been great, and I think finally again just one of those ones that took it has sort of seems to have taken a little while to settle in and gel with with, with everyone. Um, but I think yeah, he's, he's one who is going to have definitely some more impact uh, throughout the second half of the season. And another player who had a massive impact was uh, one 50 grand Regan Slater, uh, title of the episode. But he was um, he was played on the left wing in the first half and actually looked really, really good. He, he, he worked a really good cross into the box, which, um, which wasn't really finished off. Um, but then he was moved central second half when I think Pelkus went off and you know, at a two-one down, you're sort of thinking, is it going to be a typical sort of city where we've given a first half go of it, we've dropped the the two goals, we're going to drop our heads and just sort of limp into a two-one defeat? And uh, Slater just went, not on, not on my watch, really. Um, the first goal, I mean, I, I had to watch it again because my first instinct of it was the keeper should be doing better. I thought it was a pretty slow shot, but when you watch it again, he kind of swivels and takes the shot into the bottom corner, uh, really well taken goal. And then even the second goal, like even better. And to be honest, I thought it was Cynic who was pushing up that wing, but it was actually Tufan who who gets the ball and um, beats a man, gets gets sort of almost to the um, byline before um, getting it across to I think it's Longman who whips the ball in, and Slater just powers it into the near post, and uh, it's like a really smart finish past the keeper at his near post um, to to give us two goals in two minutes to give us the lead. Yeah, look, this is the part of the game that I unfortunately didn't get to watch. Uh, I was driving to work and then I stopped to get coffee and I looked at my phone and it was like... Um, I should have mentioned they've already put the highlights up so you could have seen them before the... I, I only tried to look, I couldn't see, I couldn't see yeah, them. Yeah, I, I, only, I only saw them just before we went to air, yeah, just right. to, uh, to refresh myself. Um, but you can take yeah, my word so, for it, two, two good girls. <laughs> I'm sure they were. Um, I'll have a look at them later, but... Uh, yeah, I um, just drove to work, work and I stopped and then I looked at my phone and I was like, oh, we conceded. And it was, it was all very negative and we were, we were throwing another thing away. And then I got to work and I looked at my phone and, and it was yes. And then it was yes and yes and yes and yes and yes. And I was like, Jesus, what's going, what's going on? I couldn't tell whether it was all like about one goal or whether it was two separate goals. So then I had to, then I looked up and I was like, oh, we're pretty good. Cool. I'm and I was like, 65, 67, holy Jesus, or whatever it was. Yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. You're right, just bang, bang. Um, look, it's, I guess, like, it's that it's that mental resilience that I've been, that I've re- referenced a few times this season that it's felt like we haven't had and we haven't shown. But, um, you know, perhaps 
I don't know whether it's a you know, new manager, a new like instilling a new sense of belief or something in them or whatever, but um, they seem to have. I mean, the last couple of games have shown that 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 resilience. One to to not let bad things like a bad uh, you know a bad not not necessarily a bad call, but a call that goes against mm. um, us. Um, you know, affect the the way they play the game. You know, not let them throw away um, points. And then you know to 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 dig deep under again like circumstances that aren't ideal you know concede the the goals go behind right and then to fight back and, and everything is um, is sensational and something that has we've never really looked that likely of doing this season until now so well yeah I mean I, I was going to say though I mean we've done it once under each manager we did it opening day against Bristol City who came back from a goal behind to win under Shotter. we did it against Wigan under Dawson and now we've done it under Cardiff but I would like it if we were making it more of a habit of it because as you say it's like that mentality to come back we just haven't shown it very often um, so I don't know what it is I don't know if it's yeah it's each each manager gets one sort of card where they can play the card and get the players to actually dig out um, a victory from defeat but um, it would be nice if we could, well, look, it'd be nicer if we weren't behind to begin with, but if we are, it'd be nice to see them push through for um, a result at the end of the game. But look, Slater's just showing he can play pretty much any position he's asked to. Yeah, I think like it, it's it's almost going to go down as like one of the crimes of the like century, like 50 grand for... Um, for a championship quality player, 50 grand is just ridiculous. Right? Like, yeah. yeah, it's it's crazy. Like, 50 grand is the kind of money you're paying to, like, you buy, like, a League One like a league one player or something. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, I like reckon Wrexham probably spent more money on some players in the in the National League. I reckon they spent more on, what was that, Stro- Mullins? Mullins, yeah, yeah. They spent yeah. more than 50 grand to get Mullins. That's right, um, 100%. Um, so, yeah, it's wild. Like, to, that's such a small amount of money. It's been, like, in football in general but like especially in like the english leagues like it's such a small amount of money and to have a guy who consistently is one of our better performers and now is like adding some some like adding goals to be i mean was he doubled his he doubled his city um four now he's got four goals for city now so he's doubled his tally in, in one game so i mean is he prolific? No, but he's a mid, like he's a box to box midfielder, and to have you know, three or four goals in tw- in the twenty nineteen or twenty games for this season is is not bad really um, for his yeah. style of play. Yeah, what if he's got yeah. more than Honeyman? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's that's four goals over his, his whole time. It's yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but three three this season. So, yeah, that's true. Actually, because yeah, yeah, he yeah, got one yeah. a couple of weeks ago. That's right. That's right. Um, cool. Okay. Well, did you want to give your votes for this one first? And if they're just on the first half, that's fine. <laughs> um, so first half, I would have to go Pelkis just on my first half. I'd have to give him a three for a nice tidy finish. I'd probably give two to Greaves for the delivery. And I'll give one to Someone else. Um, Chris, well, we haven't talked about the, the cross from Christie for, for Longman, that Longman really should have got on target. That makes it 2-0, makes it a very different game. Mm. It was a great cross from Christie, you should mention. Yeah, I'll give the point to Christie. There you go. 
problem solved. There you go. There you go. <clears throat> well, I'll give I'll give the three to Slater for for the two goals. Pelkas, yeah, to, Pelkas. At halftime, I was thinking there's no one who's going to beat Pelkas for the votes because I thought he had such a terrific first half performance. But yes, yeah, so I'll give him the two votes um, for for a great game from him as well. Um, and then I'm giving one vote to Cynic because he he sort of came on right around the same time Pelkas went off when the, the formation sort of shifted and he basically took up that left wing spot that um, Slater had been uh, inhabiting. And it was his, it was his ball into Slater for his first goal. Um, and he was just really sort of active across, across that front three. So um, he, he's another one who he's sort of slow to get going, but he's sort of starting to, to get a bit more confidence and get a bit more game time and um, starting to look pretty good. Yeah, he is um, he's starting to, I think we've seen sort of flashes so far, but yeah, mm. starting to build into like a little bit of form. And, and, and again, I think like on, uh, now he's back from his, you know, or not even back, but now he's into the squad, into the team yeah. after his injury, um, you know, gelling and, and understanding his role and the players around him and how they all like operate. Um, I think he's, I think for the most part, it's, it's you, th- you think 16 signings and you go, a lot of them have actually kind of worked out. Yeah, are actually working out at the moment. We go like six. That's a lot of. It's a lot of people to bring in. Like, there's been years we've brought four players and three of them have worked. So, <laughs> it's, yeah, fair um, point. Like, I mean, to be fair, there's still a few that we haven't seen. So, well, that uh, is true. Yeah, but still waiting for uh, Traore and Salah. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think for yeah, it's been. I think that it's been. A nice, like lots of acquisitions, but I think the ones that we've seen so far, I'll preface That's it right. by that, the ones that we've yeah, seen yeah, so yeah. far have all seemed to have, for the most, have um, pretty well um, shown that they're up to it, which is was the concern, everyone, everyone's concerns and complaints was that we were bringing all these overseas players that didn't know the championship, we had a manager who didn't know the championship, this, didn't know that, and I think like all of those myths and theories are slowly getting debunked, which is, which is good for us and good for City. Well, we've changed the manager, which certainly helps. <laughs> well, that is, but like the same yeah, 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 complaints no, were made no, about Rosinha. Yeah, yeah true. We, we yeah, needed yeah. an experienced manager who knew That's, the championship because it doesn't matter whether he's spent the last four or five years working in the championship. He doesn't know he, it. He needs to he, manage. Unless he's, unless he's at the top of the tree, you don't, you can't, you don't learn about the championship. That's right. There's secrets. The secrets that only the manager learns. That's right. Uh, cool. Well, we'll move on. There's there's not a whole lot of off-field news to discuss. I mean, there's some discussion around who this mysterious uh, assistant manager or, or managerial uh, assistant coach that um, Rossini wants to bring in is, but we'll um, discuss that more when that appointment's actually made and we can actually um, have a bit more tangible knowledge of who that is. Um, so we'll just move on to the who am I this week, if you're ready to go with that one. Oh, look, you're not going to double bluff me again, are you? <laughs> oh, I'm, not, I'm still having nightmares after that. Uh, right. Okay. I might, I might, oh, I don't know. Maybe I should change it. I, I'm <laughs> having second thoughts now. But all right. I'll, um, I'll start off saying um, I have made 64 appearances for City and I've scored four goals. Slater? <laughs> As soon as as soon as you started talking about how many goals he scored for City, I went, "Oh no, he's going to get it straight away now." In the double, like, yeah, Regan Slater. There you go. So joined City on loan in 2020 before joining permanently in 2022. I play in central midfield away the number 27. I am Regan Slater. Yeah, yeah. I almost went with uh, I almost went with Greg Doherty this week, and I went, "Nah, 
I'll go with Regan Slater. He's not going to get it straight away. He's going to think it's a double bluff. But you uh, saw me through me. Well done. Look, here's, here's <laughs> the thing. Only a couple of minutes ago, when we were talking about how many goals he scored. That's right. You went, he's four in his whole career. I was, I, I realized, <laughs> as soon as I said it, I was like, I was way too quick to say that. I, I clearly had that written down somewhere. Um, although I, I did say, I did say someone say today that when he scored the second, they're like, oh, he's doubled his city tally. So might've known that, but, uh, there we go. Um, well, look, we've only got the one game to preview. It's our final game before the world cup break, um, up against a Reading side who have only got one win in nine. They did start the season pretty well. I mean, everyone was sort of tipping them to be almost this season's derby really, um, a bit of financial troubles. I think they had a transfer embargo, um, pretty small squad, you know, managed by Paul Ince, who's not, you know, the highest caliber of managers. Um, I think his last job was like 10 years ago or something before the Reading job. Um, but, you know, he's got he's got Tom Ince working pretty well in that midfield for them. He's scoring quite a few goals and they started the season pretty well. I think they were equal top at one point. Um, but yeah, more recently have dropped off a little bit. So probably a pretty good time to be playing them um, and, and a good way to sign off before the break. Yeah, look, I'm pretty um, – I'm feeling pretty good. I reckon, you know, um, we can extend our new manager bounce out to a third game. Um, and uh, I reckon we can – I feel like I think we're playing some really, really good football. And we are, like, we're playing that more consistently across the 90. There's been patches under all of our managers so far this season, which is a wild thing to say. We're half of the season, all of um, where – there's been patches of really good football, but then there's long periods where we're not competing or not in it at all. But I think, like, yes, it is early days, and I am willing to concede that. There's been two games, but it feels like, and maybe it's just a fitness thing, whatever, it feels like we're sort of like we're, we're actually competing for the whole 90 now. And that doesn't, I'm not saying we're playing perfect football for that, for that whole 90, but I feel like for the most part, um, we're, we're not having these huge lapses that take us out of the game for 30 minutes at a time, um, which are the ones that kill us. Because I think even this morning, like, yeah, we conceded goals, but we, it, it, it wasn't, and I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm just guessing from the, mm. from the feel of it, but it feels like it, it didn't seem like we were out of the game for a huge, yeah. huge extended period, which meant that we still had plenty of time to, to work with and admittedly we seem to have hit back we seem to hit back reasonably quickly um yeah but yeah yeah that's it's an improved something that i don't know whether it's just yeah hopefully i mean maybe it's a Rosini thing i'll attribute it to Rosinia, um you know anyway and just say that he's got them got them working and firing for each other but i think uh yeah look it's gonna be good times um but i'm fairly hopeful that and confident that we should be able to get another three points and keep like moving up the table i think if we beat them we'll jump ahead of them um, we'll yeah that's points, right so. that's right i think i think we would and, and i think that's what the the um performance this morning is so valuable for a senior in terms of getting his message across because i mean he sort of talked about the fact that the players are already buying in so quickly and the fact that we did come back from a goal down to actually win the game gives them that confidence that you know mm. if we do keep pushing through we keep fighting through to the end we can actually um you know, actually get the wins in these sorts of games. And, yeah, look, we're, we're two points behind Reading. So if, if we do beat them, um, we jump ahead of them in the table, which would be pretty awesome. Um, but, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, like it was a 10-minute sort of patch this morning where 
it wasn't even like we played that poorly. It was just that, you know, they took advantage of one of those sort of lapses for the goal, first goal and, and then a bit of poor defending from Greaves for the second. But um, on the whole, we kind of kept fighting through that. We still looked quite good and promising and attacking. So um, it's not a particularly strong Reading side. And, um, you know, we were reminded of we got the 1-1 draw at their place last year where uh, I think Wilkes got that long-range goal after Bernard had two or three different penalty shouts waved away, which was uh, always fun. Uh, and then we had a 3-0 win at home against them as well. So match-up reasonably well against them um, and should hopefully be able to get the job done at home in this one. Yes. Let's go three points. We'll, we'll start Rosina's tenure off with seven points from his three games. And, we'll and it's his first, yeah, first game at home as well for him. It'll be awesome. Yeah, actually, that's that. Um, I think, like, yeah, that that homegrown. I know Dawson was like homegrown, but he, like, I don't think he necessarily wanted. He like he, he did the job, but it's he didn't really yeah. give the indication that he wanted to be like the full time manager. But we've got a guy who, you know, played for the club, loves the club, wants to be the, the manager, wants to lead us in the right direction, and has come in. And I think that sort of positivity and that sort of, like really seems to have rubbed off on everyone. And I really do hope that they um. You know, they get a, a, a good crowd there, you know, a um, few chances, you know, you can answer hell or whatever. Um, but no, shit. Um, it's weird how much that gets re- got referenced, even like in the stuff, like just yeah. other players and like that they used to play it with saying like, oh, yeah. But I think um, it, it's, it's a, realistically, it's a sort of appointment that should get everyone rallied around the club. Again, I mean, it's been a good season and everyone has, it seems like everyone has really rallied around. Like the attendance has been growing and growing and it's been really good. But this again, like it was, got shaky, I guess, towards the end of Shotter's tenure. So I think this is um, an opportunity to galvanise that support again for a big second half of the season and push towards whatever we're pushing towards it'd be nice to say top six but i feel like we've sort of perhaps done done ourselves a bit of um damage in that regard right it's not unattainable by any stretch with 20 games or 21 games or whatever it is to go yeah yeah but like just that that point whereas a few weeks ago we were saying oh it's only like six points to the top six and seven points to the bottom three and now it's 10 or 11 or something we've got to win yeah closer to the bottom than the top now that's right i mean we're seven points off um sixth and then you kind of assume that they're going to pick up points in the meantime as well so it's not as if it's just two or three wins to get there it's more like five or six in a row just to be sort of back on track and then you kind of got to get back to the same sort of form as them so it's you're looking at like two or three points a game almost from here for the next sort of 10 games um yeah i mean I think I think like uh, Rossini said in his his opening press conference, though it was a really good point about you know it's not a relegation battle or a promotion race at this stage of the season. It's just a points mm-hmm. accumulation. So you know mm-hmm. on on that point, it's it's just about getting as many points on the board as you can, mm-hmm. starting with these three points against Reading. Um, would you make any changes to the side? I mean, for me, potentially you take Figueredo out for I'd almost say you want to give McLaughlin a go back in the back line. Mm-hmm. Um, just because we just haven't seen a whole lot of him, and I feel like he can't do worse than Figueredo, but I don't know. Yeah, was, um, I was I got really excited when McLaughlin got his five-minute cameo or whatever. I think it was against Millwall late in the game, came on for a little bit, and I was like, oh, he's finally, he's getting 
I mean, it's not much, but this is a, something to work from and then just go on again. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, there must be something because basically he's sort of been in that position where he's been around the bench all season and never looked like making a move into the first 11, even though the back, the defense hasn't been particularly yeah. solid. Like we've got the worst defense in the league, I think, or the worst yeah. ones anyway. So, um, the, there must be something else that like that the managers are seeing or something. But as you say, like Figueredo for the most part has looked fairly shaky on the ball, um, fairly I think non-committal towards like making a decision. I think that's the biggest thing: is hesitancy to to, to make a decision and and stick with it. Um, sort of dawdles on the ball a bit, um, which is unf which is scary at times. Um, I don't know. It, it's hard to say. Like I, I sort of go, oh, it'd be good to see Cynic get a start, but then I go, well, who would I take out yeah. of the like? Of, it's one of, like it's not like anyone's yeah. been performing poorly over the last couple of games. I think. Yeah, that's right. I guess it would. Well, I, I guess that the only thing I could say for rotation would be that this would be three games a week. So maybe, true. maybe just to to stop anyone taking an injury into that, you know, month long of training because I assume you know you still want everyone fit for that because get everyone um, as much time on the pitch working on some of those things like that that playing out from the back versus playing around at the back or um, you know can, a month to work on that you know it could very well look like a very different side comes a Watford game in um, just over a month so yeah that's right and, and whether you put Cynic in the side in that number 10 role and you put Pelkis the striker and you, you rotate Longman out or um, you move Slater back into our more central role and you take, um, yeah, I mean, it's tough. Woods out maybe. I don't know. I mean, Woods hasn't been particularly poor. I mean, there's a few different combinations you can work, but it's mm. just like a, it's such a strange one where it, it, it's, it's almost like a game of ultimate team on FIFA where I feel like you've got these different chemistries where mm. certain players work well with the, with each other, but not with other combinations where like you can't have Tufan and Seri together, but you could have Woods and Seri together, but yeah. you can't have Pelkus and, you know, Cynic together. It's, yeah, it's such a strange sort of, mm. like you sort of said at the start, like it's about finding that right combination. It feels like we've got the balance right now. Yeah, which but is weird to have just players out of position, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's so strange right. to be like we're playing our centre midfielders as wingers and that seems to be the, the system that's working for us. That's right. That's right. Um, well, what's your um, what's your score prediction for this one? I'm I'm backing a clean sheet. I reckon a, a two a two nil win at home. Oh, that's what I was just about to say. I was feel I'm feeling like um, you know the, the the Millwall game was really good, and I think we'll learn some lessons. You know, and now it's only a couple of game, couple of days sort of break, but there's lessons to be learned and things that are definitely going to get highlighted about the goals conceded this morning and some of those moments of play where we. But almost gifted them some really guilt-edged opportunities. Um, and so I think there'll be, uh, hopefully, that'll be something that will look a little bit better, um, a little bit crisper for the Reading game. But, um, yeah, I think, I reckon we can we can get another clean sheet. So yeah, well, I mean, it would be nice to get a 2 now as well. Yeah, it'd be nice to get a clean sheet and a win in this one as a good way to sign off before the uh, World, Cup, World Cup break. Um, but we'll sign off now for this episode. So thank you for joining me, Dan. No, that's all right. Be time.
No worries. And thanks everyone for listening in. We'll do one final episode next week to review the uh, the Reading game before the World Cup break. We'll try and get some content out during the World Cup break as well. We'll probably do a few more of our flashback episodes to 2014-15 uh, season under uh, Steve Bruce. So we head out brief so- sojourn into uh, Europe. Um, it'll be nice to look back on and uh, see how we go from there. But uh, until next time, until next week, come on City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast, The Tigers Down Under. For more discussion, join us on Facebook at the Hull City AFC Australia Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber Black. There's no turning back cause you're out.